Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. Good morning, family. I love it when we have music that moves my spirit, which is most of the time. But it ain't easy when you got to preach behind it. So today we want to talk in continuing this series on peacemakers. We want to talk about peacemakers in action. Peacemakers called to action. In the last two weeks, we have heard pastor preach about instruments of peace. He explained to us a little bit about shalom, peace, the peace from God, being an instrument that peace is manifested in. We learned that peace is not pacifism. We learned that we have to understand the trinity to have a good foundation that we're working with. We found out that we need to understand that the Father, he's sovereign. He's over everything. Nothing takes him by Surprise. We learned that the Son is the truth, the Word, the biblical truth. And whatever I think, it should align with that Word. We found out that the Holy Spirit reminds us of all things we've been taught by the Father, gives wisdom, direction, and conviction concerning all issues, instruments of peace. The next week we talked about The process of faithfulness where the rubber meets the road. And you were asked a question, where does God fit into your daily decision making? We heard also you have to be careful of what information you take in because that data informs us. It comes in and informs something in us. We learn our world view. All that you've been taught shapes how we see the world. And then he said you need to become aware. The process was to be informed, start forming, develop values, and then engage. We're also asked another question. How did you get to where you are today? How were you influenced? What influenced you? He gave an analogy of mama and daddy's wisdom. Some of us have been told something about mama, daddy, grandmama, granddaddy, and we take that as Bible book truth to this day. Nothing will change the fact that mama, daddy said it, and it's true. And today I want to challenge you 
right there. So, if the Father is sovereign and knows all and is over everything, the things that are going on in this world were either created or allowed by him. Also, since the Son is the truth, the Word of God, There has to be something in the Bible that can describe or parallel what's going on in this world, even right now. And finally, the Holy Spirit has something to teach us today on the way the Father would have us approach all of these situations. Because he's relevant today, amen? Right now, quick and in a hurry. God knows what's going on. He says, now what are you? my people going to do. So if you would, please, join me at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. And it reads, I still hear a couple of pages rustling, so if you're there, say amen. If you're not quite there, say hold on, preacher. All right, I'll hold on, hold on. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. And it reads as follows. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and will heal their land. There's some things going on today, amen. And we want to kind of dive into this and understand where we fit in this problem and solution. First, let me give you a quick background on what's going on right here. You remember King David? Man after God's own heart. David desired to build God a house, a temple for him to dwell in. And God said, David, you can't do that because you have blood on your hands, but I understand and see your heart. So we're going to allow one of your heirs to build my house. So David went about collecting everything he needed for that house to be built. And his son Solomon was the one who came behind him and built God's house as the specs set out by his father, David. 
Upon completion of that building of the temple, Solomon had a consecration and dedication of that temple. He had sacrifices and he prayed. And if you want to see more about that, that's in 2 Chronicles 6. And Solomon, understanding the kind of people we were, we are, wisest man in the world, ever lived outside of Jesus. He prayed in chapter 6, verses 22 to 39, asking God, if we mess up, Lord, if they look to the temple, forgive them. Lord, if we do this, if they look to the temple and pray, forgive them. And he goes on being very detailed to God, asking, entreating, interceding for the people of Israel on what he would ask God to do. And then in chapter 7, God takes all those verses that Solomon has used to entreat God, ask him, beg him to forgive and to hear his people. And he breaks it down into two verses. Just summarizes. God says, Solomon, understand this. What you're asking me to do for your people really falls into three categories. If I shut up the rain, it was really talking about natural types of disasters. Things we have no control over. Something like Hurricane Michael. We don't understand how it got there, but we know it did happen. And we did resolve the fact that God is sovereign, right? Amen? And nothing happens unless he allows it or does it himself. Amen? So therefore, we can say, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it, but I know it's from you for a reason. Did Michael get your attention? He got your attention? The politically way we respond is to send aid to the islands that are affected. Brother, can I get $5 to send to Haiti because they're in trouble? Can we get y'all to have a telethon to help them recover and rebuild? anybody think about going back to the word of God and saying, God, what do you say? And then he says, if I send locusts. And when we look at this word locusts and we do a little research on it, it really has the picture of talking about sending unreasonable creatures to do my will. Can I just say today, we got some unreasonable creatures in some unusual places doing unseemly things. From the police department to the presidential candidates, we got some unseemly people doing some unseemly things. But we did establish the fact that God is sovereign. It did not catch him by surprise. It did not come upon, oh, no. God knew, and he says, I either allow it or create it myself. 
And how do we respond? To unseemly characters doing unusual things. Can we have a summit? Can we sit down and talk about a brother? You know, if we can just sit down and come to some agreement, maybe we can handle this situation in a way that maybe nobody else gets hurt. Oh, but that was how many years ago? Oh, no, I mean, that was just a couple of years. No, 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 no. We've been having the same problems for how many decades? It's just now that it's on tape, it's on video that they have to deal with the situations. So how do we deal with these type of situations? Then let's talk about pestilence or just sickness. If you have looked at television for at least an hour, you have heard at least one advertisement for a cure, for a drug that's a cure to a disease you don't know nothing about. <laughs> and then on the back end is what kills me. A drug I don't know. A disease I ain't never heard of. But on the back end, you're going to tell me taking this drug may cause death, blindness, or crippleness. If you see any of these symptoms, please contact your doctor. What? A disease I don't know. A drug I ain't never heard of with side effects that I know I don't want to deal with. I might as well keep the disease. Amen, somebody. But again, God is what? Sovereign. This did not catch him by surprise. He either allowed it or created it himself. And we say, Lord, why? And I ask you, why haven't you done anything about it? Well, preacher, I don't know what to do. Why don't you? It's hearing his word. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which is generic for God's people. Then he says, which are called, which means to be summoned, invited, or called for, appointed for him. And then he goes on a little further and says, by my name. And when you look at the phrase, by my name, it really says those who have been marked with a sign from above. Have you been called? Did you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been redeemed by that blood of Jesus, that marking that comes from above? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? 
Do I got some Bible students out here who know these things? You can't be iffy on this. You need to know this for yourself. Set aside. Fear with the Holy Spirit. You know what the old, old preacher said, used to say? You were marked with the Holy Spirit from above. So guess what? This message is for you. Well, preacher, I hear you talking, but what am I supposed to do? Call by my name shall humble themselves. I'm not saying anything is wrong with trying to get together with those unreasonable creatures with unseemly motives. But it's just a little arrogant from my point of view because the first thing you needed to do, the first thing we needed to do was what? Check ourselves. And humble ourselves. Why? Because there's nothing we could do. How many parents are in here and have your child at a department store and they disappear? That is the most helpless feeling in the world. All you can do is pray. Amen, somebody. You know that I'm just I'm trying to give you that, uh, that, that, that you're so helpless. All you can do is pray. And God says, in this situation, all of the situations I described above, guess what? You are helpless. Less. You have no control. If they are unreasonable and unseemly, you can talk until you are blue in the face. That don't mean it's going to change. And to date, that is a fact. It ain't changed. Definition of crazy, doing the same thing over and over again. And what? Expecting different results. But we, the people who are called by his name, if we would humble ourselves, if we would recognize who he is, and it has a picture, it has a, a picture of somebody bending on one, bending on the knee, or bending, just bending down, recognizing that the person that they're talking to is superior and we can't do anything except trust them. That is our picture before a sovereign God. We recognize that he is in total control. And after we humble ourselves, it says we pray. And I like, what I liked about the way this is put together is 
It is to intercede and pray. Which means we're not just praying for ourselves. That we are being intercessors for those also affected by the situation. We are conduits of God's love to help everybody. And then he says, and seek. And when we look at this seek, it expresses intentional, intensive desire to be in the face of God. I am intentionally, purposefully desiring to be in God's presence and God's face so that I can be heard by an almighty God. In my worship time, diligently, humbly, pressing to be in the spirit where I am in God's presence. Because if I'm in God's presence, he will give me information. He will put in me and for me to do what he has for me to do. The good part about it is this. After you have humbled yourself, pressed to be in God's presence, you will turn. You will turn. Many of us remember back in the day when we weren't doing everything we needed to be doing. And some of our brothers and sisters and friends would look at us and go, ain't no hope for that one. <laughs> he can go to church if he want to. And we got in and started seeking God's word and God's word got into us and we don't even remember when God changed us to lose the appetite for a whole lot of things we had an appetite for. Because, see, we allowed God to get in us. Being in God's presence will change you. And in the way this is put together says, he says, not only will you change, but you will continue to change. And turn. It's a continual turning from that which is not godly. A continual turning from that which you know is not pleasing unto God. Because ain't nobody special in here. You are faced with those same temptations daily. Which means you got to continue to turn from them fast. From the youngest to the oldest, we still deal with those temptations. We still deal with those challenges. And guess what? Lest it be for God, there go I. So 
So we must be diligent to understand that as we press, as we seek, as we spend time in God's presence, that informing will help us continue to turn. From those wicked ways. And then God gives us what we wanted to hear. Then I will hear. He says, I will certainly diligently discern and give you an ear. I don't know about you, but if there's anybody's ear that I want to have, it's the creator, the sovereign God of everything, the one who created something from nothing, that same God who can do anything, anytime. This situation is really nothing to him. But if my people I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins. For Christians, it's a simple thing. We already know we're messing up daily, amen? amen? And because we're messing up daily, we should be praying daily for what? Forgiveness and repenting. It should be a normal part of our lifestyle, understanding that we are not perfect and we need to find time in our day to stop, drop, and pray. But the promise is after that, that he would heal this land. He's going to fix that which was wrong. He's going to intercede and make some changes on our behalf. You and I, helpless, but the sovereign God is more than able to do what he needs to do in these situations. My question is simple. What are we doing? I don't know. Maybe I'm the one out of the loop, but has anybody been on a conference call lately praying for our nation, praying for our city? Now, I know that we have folks that got conference calls because when I travel with the youth, parents of this church will get on a call at 6 a.m. every morning and pray for us no matter where we are. Why? Because it's concerning to them. It's, it's, it touches them where they live that this situation needs some prayer. Has this situation touched you? Our biggest sin has been complacency. That we aren't moved to do something. We are moved to come together and pray. We are moved to, 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 to be as a unit praying for those who are being murdered, killed, beat up. And still and yet we know God is not taken by surprise. He's still in control. No matter what happens, he is God all by himself. He don't need nobody's help. But he did say, if my people, if my people would pray. 
So again, I ask you simply, what are you going to do? It wouldn't matter if you just called your best friend and said, can we pray? I heard a word that says if we would pray, if we would come together humbly pray, we can expect God to move. What are you going to do? God has told us what he would do. What are you going to do? I would ask you, don't matter who you have in your group, when, but I would ask you to come together and continually pray. Husband, wife, small group, ministries. Come together and let's pray. With social media right now, if you got on Facebook and said, look, we are praying for our nation at 6 a.m. Pacific time on such and such a number, you'd be surprised at how many people would join. But the first thing we need to do is take the step of doing something. Didn't say you need to pray for an hour. Didn't say you had to pray for our 90. And I just said, get together and pray. And let's see what God will do when his people, when his people would reach out and ask him as their father to intervene in this situation. We're supposed to be peacemakers in action. What action are you going to take on today? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you again for just this time together. Father, we ask that this word would resonate deeply in each of our souls, that we would be called to action, reaching out, touching the hem of your garment via our prayer for the situation that we have at hand in our land that you would hear from heaven and heal. Bless us now, Father God, as we go forth from this place with a battle cry and an action to complete. And we thank you right now. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m., 
and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.